Today we continue our Lenten sermon series that we are calling Ancestry DNA, Knowing Where We Come From. Each week we will visit with some of the better known as well as some of the lesser known people in our family tree of faith those characters that come to us through the different books of the Bible who have helped to inform us now about who and whose we are. We began last week on the first Sunday in Lent with a story from the very beginning of our scriptures, the story of Adam and Eve. We considered how they reveal to us that the first strand in our DNA is a call to serve, how we have been created for a purpose. And though we are prone, just like Adam and Eve, to mess that purpose up, God still meets us time and again with grace. And so this week we fast forward several generations still in the book of Genesis to consider the story of another couple, Abram and Sarai. Two people who, after our passage today, will have their lives so fundamentally changed that their names will also be changed. From Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah. So friends, let us listen now for God's word as we hear the beginning of that story. The call of Abram, as it is known but really the call of Abram and Sarai together. Let us listen now for a word from God, hearing these verses from the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, from your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, the Lord said. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in a time of prayer? Good and gracious God, send your spirit now that it would speak fresh word to us, that we too might be formed in your blessing and sent out to be a blessing. O God, send your spirit that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts gathered here in your sight would be pleasing and glorifying to you. For you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
You remember the closing scene from the movie Castaway? Tom Hanks has just returned from years as a castaway on some far-flung island in the South Pacific. He's in the process of getting his life back together. He's just delivered the last package that he has to deliver. And he's standing literally at a crossroads, somewhere on the high plains of the Texas Panhandle. One of those vistas where the road and the land, it it stretches out as far as the eye can see until it meets the horizon. And there's this combination effect in this scene of both the cinematography, but also the theme music. The theme music, it gets me every time. And you're left with this distinct feeling here in this closing scene. That just as as one chapter in Hank's life is about to close there at those crossroads, another chapter is about to begin. I'll tell you, that's the feeling I get when I read this call story of Abram long ago. This story really constitutes one of the earliest crossroads in the Bible. Because not unlike being a a castaway, surviving a plane crash, having a volleyball be your best friend for however many years, right? Things have not been going all that good in the biblical story either to this point. Just last week, Adam and Eve... Lives that begin with such promise and yet end with the rather unfortunate being excused from the Garden of Eden. Not long after Adam and Eve come Cain and Abel, blood being spilt for the first time, and then the flood, a story which turns out okay for one family, but not really for all the rest. Right before our story today is that of Babel, where God literally brings God's people back down to earth. And then we arrive here at this story, which if you read just before it, you would see they are at this place called Haran, which which literally means crossroads. There is this, this distinct feeling in the call story of Abram that this is a moment where either our family tree of faith is going to take root and branch high into the sky, reaching for the sun, or it's going to die right where it is, as little more than a sapling. And so with so much, so much riding on the line for this story, you would imagine that God might at least do, I don't know, a little due diligence. God being God, you would imagine maybe God would take a look at the whole world and gather his top five candidates for carrying the faith forward. He'd get them together and he'd do, I don't know, he'd send them off for a, a comprehensive physical. Check their age, their blood pressure, their life expectancy, you know, can, can this person or these people walk long distances? 
You think that God might check out all of the candidates' academic credentials? Do these people know what they're talking about when they're talking about God? I mean, I don't know. Run a credit check. (laughs) Hook them up to a polygraph. Do something. But instead, inexplicably, God chooses Abram and Sarai. Right? Not only do we know virtually nothing about this couple before we meet them here in the opening verses of chapter 12, what we do know about them, the, the lineage they come from, which is listed right there at the end of chapter 11, is not only do these people have no degree, but they have no pedigree either, because the list is full of names that were never mentioned before then and are never mentioned after. Right here we have two people who have no children of their own. Here we have two people whose youth is long past and whose future is at best, we can say, uncertain. This, this is who God chooses to bless. Five times that word shows up in these four verses. Bless. God chooses to bless Abram and Sarai, and even more than that. God chooses to use them to be a blessing to others. You know, last week, as I mentioned already, we studied Adam and Eve. And when we boiled down their story, we we found that the first strand in their DNA and thereby our DNA is this call to serve. Here, these nine chapters later, I think we discover that the second strand in our DNA, as we look to Abraham and Sarah, The second strand is a call to take risk. Throughout this story, there is this element of risk-taking. Yes, there's God taking a risk on Abram and Sarai. Listen, if I'm God's chief of staff back then, I'm probably going to tell God, listen, I think you could do better. God takes a risk on Abram and Sarai. But on the other side of that coin, we find that Abram and Sarai also take a risk on God. You know, I'd say at least 12 times every week, I hear someone say, I am so blessed. We are so blessed. And look around us, we we are blessed. Right before this story, I bet... Abram and Sarai, every morning they woke up, Sarai would stretch her arms and she'd turn to Abram and she'd say, boy, we are blessed, aren't we? And they are. They have livestock. They have land. Pretty soon we'll find out they have servants, wealth. They have food. They have lot. At least they have one young male family member who will help to care for them in their old age. That's security in the ancient world. Right? By all accounts, they are blessed. And yet here comes God 
telling them to leave it all. What does God say? Go from your country. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing for others. As I read this story, it occurred to me, you know, it's awfully easy to be blessed. I am convinced that with enough imagination, every person, no matter their circumstances, can name at least one place in their lives where they are blessed. But it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to be a blessing to others. Because to be a blessing to someone else involves taking a risk. It involves risking the possibility that you might fail. It involves risking the possibility that you might be hurt, that you might be spurned. In order to do what God says God will do with Abram and Sarai, it involves Abram and Sarai taking a risk. They are at a crossroads in this story. They have a choice. They can either stay on the road that they are on or they can head in the new direction that God is calling them. They can stick with what they know, what is comfortable, what is safe, or they can set out into that great unknown, into that foreboding landscape that surrounds them there in Haran at the crossroads. That landscape that will require of them to practice forgiveness. To practice repentance. To practice sacrifice. That landscape that will almost certainly cause them at some point both heartbreak and heartache. And yet they risk going. The two most important words in this entire passage, I am convinced, are the ones that come near the end. The story begins with God said, and then we reach that place where it says, Abram went. Abram and Sarai risk going. And their faithful response their faithful response is what allows that tree to keep growing. It is what allows all those future generations that we will soon visit with, those branches that we ourselves are part of. It's what allows that to come into fruition. Their choice to risk going is what allows countless others to be blessed. To be blessed, yes, with wealth and prosperity, but also with freedom and creativity and most important, family. You know, it occurs to me that every one of us stand at some crossroads just about every single day of our lives. It's the phone call that comes asking us to serve. 
It's the stranger who shows up at the most inopportune moment. It's that new opportunity that presents itself and yet seems to us to be both exciting and terrifying. We stand at crossroads every single day. It's the conversation that we've been dreading. It's the invitation, rather, to step out. To step out and do that something on faith with absolutely no guarantees that we will not fail in trying. If you're like me, you walk around. You walk around every day with this tool belt of all our tried and true excuses. When we come to those crossroads, we pull out, well, I just don't have the time, I'm sorry. Or we reach over and and grab for the, you know, I really don't have gifts for that. That's not really in my wheelhouse. Or maybe we, we turn to my favorite excuse of, well, you know, I'm really just, I'm just not a good enough person to do that. And listen, there are times where there may very well be legitimate reasons to say no. To stick to the path that we're on for the time being. But what if we also consider this possibility? That every time we reach one of those crossroads like Abram and Sarai reach in our reading today, we consider the possibility, the possibility that it just may be God beckoning us to follow in a new direction. If we're willing to consider that, then the question for us becomes, Will we risk? Will we risk following? Will we risk finding out where it is that God is leading? You know, I'm frankly embarrassed to admit how much I like the movie Castaway. Every time Aaron walks into the room and sees me watching this movie again, there's an audible groan. I think back to that final scene, though. And as he's standing there at the crossroads, you may remember this truck pulls up. And it's got the angel wings painted on the fender, the same wings that were imprinted on the box that saved Tom Hanks' life. And this woman pops her head out the window and she says to him, you look lost. Where are you headed? And Tom Hanks looks at her and he says, well, you know, I was just about to figure that out. 